welcome in to another episode of the Outside Lines podcast. I am your favorite co-host, Newt. And before we get started on today's jam-packed episode, we would like to, you know, give a shout out to BNC Fieldhouse, our presenting sponsor, our boy Ben. Um, make sure you're supporting Ben. You know, $5 pitchers, I, I don't, that advertisement in itself is like perfect. $5 pitchers. You can't go anywhere in your adult life and get $5 pitchers unless you want to go to BNC Fieldhouse in Ames. So, Make the most of that. Make sure to support our boy, Ben. It's the summer. Be enjoying that. You know, go with your friends. Get one pitcher for yourself. Do whatever you want to do. But um, $5 pitchers is a great deal. And make sure to be supporting BNC Fieldhouse. You know, best drink deals on, on Welch Ave. Um, and with that, we're going to head into this week's episode. Mason, um, I know we talked a little bit about Omaha Bailu committing uh, when we had Eli King on the podcast, but let's let's mm-hmm. dive into the highest rated prospect in Iowa State basketball um, history. Yeah, it, you know, we talk about how well, I shouldn't say we it's more of a you thing. You don't really like to get high on any of these crystal ball predictions just because you know we're used to kind of having our heart broken this was one of those like in my gut i kind of wish i was a little bit more vocal about it actually happening i toyed around with it a lot in past episodes but i never really kind of committed to it's gonna happen it's gonna happen this one just it felt different and this is kind of a lame source but my youngest cousin danny played basketball with him for i think a couple years until he transferred to waukee and he said he, Iowa State was one of his favorite teams. I, I think that like was his team kind of growing up. So just knowing that, obviously being a hometown kid, there is a little bit of favoritism, you know, just toward staying loyal to the Cardinal and gold. And obviously after Ott's performed the way he did, Sweet 16, his very first year, is it was just kind of one of those things that I held in my gut. Holy shit, we, we might get this guy. So yeah, it happened. Five-star recruit. First time it's ever happened in Iowa State history. Best, not I don't want to say best, but yeah, highest rated recruit Iowa State's ever had, and it, it feels pretty damn good, man. It was awesome. It was awesome. It. I am definitely in the boat of, I especially with basketball, man. We we can't we can't be counting our chickens before they hatch. You know, nope. it happened with us. You know, we can go back many examples. AJ Green. I, I feel like another one was Czech Diallo. That was one that yeah. I, I still like. I was in school at the time. I remember it. We had Kansas for game day come and he was visiting for that game. We won on college game day, probably the perfect ideal visit that you could have. And then like a week later, people were crystal balling him to Kansas. And it's like, what the fuck happened here? So, so that, that's, that's always kind of been my perspective, especially with the recruits, you know, these are 17, 18 year old kids. So like little mm-hmm. fickle, um, you never know what's going to happen with them or, or what they're thinking. But I mean, this is, you know, a fantastic get. Uh, this recruiting class is shaping up to be, you know, it's going to be the best in Iowa State history. Um, yeah. And like, there's still potential for more people to get added to. I, I think that there's at least another scholarship offer out there. Um, and I think especially with Omaha and Milan both joining, like that just. Yeah elevates more people to come and play here so yeah ralph has a lot of energy today so this this could be um one of those type of episodes nice but yeah i mean this is a exciting time for iowa state you know obviously we're losing a lot of of key pieces and and offensive pieces heading into this upcoming year but it really makes that kind of future you know 
next year especially look pretty bright um and mm-hmm. it's uh you know love what Ots is doing you know i i think we we even saw you know from other people that a lot of times Ots was a, a big pull in getting guys to iowa state even when he wasn't the head coach and we're now seeing him being the head coach and having that huge influence as like leading the entire program and you know right now he's he's had some great recruiting classes uh and getting some great guys in here and and to wrap the cardinal in gold so yeah and i mean craig brackens after we posted the uh omaha commitment he slid in our dms like these guys believe in odds i i mean that he was the entire reason i committed to iowa state and i know that he's the reason these guys are just because they believe in him so it's it's one of those things that's kind of hard to grasp just because i think um this isn't saying he's bad at the mic. I think he's really good at the mic, but you, you listen to Campbell talk and you're just like, okay, he's so captivating just on the podium. You can see why people want to play for Campbell. I think odds, his appeal is almost a little bit more personable and it's almost like hard to, you know, for us to see just outside looking in, but it's one of those things you just got to believe like this guy is a hell of a recruiter. He's always been a hell of a recruiter. Um, And I mean, we're, we're starting to see that firsthand just, you know, through his results. So Oh man, it's cool. We, we're gonna have a dope team. What's up? He loves Iowa State too. Like that, that I think that's oh, another yeah. thing that, like, you know, Fred kind of had it too. But it's always it's always hard with certain programs of if you have no ties to this program, you know, you're just there because hey, it's good coaching, you know, place to be or or, or whatever with it. That you know, it can be a little bit harder to sell recruits on like the Iowa state aspect of it, or like what Iowa state is exactly. And Otz has been in it. You know, he has so many connections to it that he is just like, can sell everyone on this because he just shows it. Like, you know, he loves this place. It's he is Iowa state. He is Iowa state. It's a great way to put it. Like he truly is. So Iowa state and has so many connections and ties and, and memories here that like, that also separates him too. And I'm sure that when recruiting people to Iowa state, they can just easily see that as well of just like this guy loves where he's at and like care so much about this program. Mm-hmm. It was a good week, man. It was a good week. Um, also in the recruiting world for football, Ben Goy, it's N G O Y I. So that's definitely going to be one of those that I'm going to correct later on in life. Um, three-star wide receiver out of Lincoln, Committed to Iowa State over, drumroll please, Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. So, <laughs> the 19th player to verbally commit to the 2023 recruiting class. Um, I always just think that's so funny, especially like when it's Nebraska. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's from your hometown. You know, didn't really matter though. Um, however, I do want to shout out Nebraska football. Did you see DeColdis Crawford signed probably the best NIL deal um, I've ever seen? I did not see this. Okay, I, I, I'm going to probably butcher this. I think it's HVAC. Anyway, this guy named DeColdis Crawford, he literally went viral a couple of years ago just for his name. And um, he's a wide receiver commit to Lincoln. I think he's on campus this fall. And I think the company is called HVAC. Anyway, it's a heating and air conditioning um, company is giving him this big NIL deal because, you know, they're DeColdis in town, which I thought was just genius marketing. That is the, this is where that's like the optimal NIL deal. People should start naming their kids or changing their kids' names. If they're going to be like athletes, two things that can be like, yeah. like, <laughs> like Marchie Murdoch. We've talked about this, like dude missed out. He was just born a few years too early. I mean, he's just got a cool name. You could probably do yeah. a lot with that. You know, 
marching band. I don't know. We, we, we went, we rattled that off in our earlier episode. Give, go give that a click for us. Thank you guys. Um, also Xavier Hutchinson is on the, Oh, I always, I always mispronounce this. I want, I'm excited to hear you pronounce this one. Cause I, I know how to pronounce okay. it. I think it's Belenikov. Belenikov. It? <laughs> it was called Belenikov. I wasn't sure if yeah. it was Belay, like something, you know, no. you know, French or something like that. So he was like um, added to the, <laughs> yeah. don't you dare even think about pronouncing the S's shout out. Iowa chill. Um, the Belenikov award watch list. Um, so this adds to his Maxwell award watch list too. So I'm just glad he's kind of getting the preseason attention that I feel he deserves. Look, he, um, I mean, he just had the, what, most receptions in a, a season for Iowa State football player. Um, yep. You know, so he's, he's one of the, you know, best returning wide receivers in the nation. And the offense is going to be centered around him, um, you know, with a lot of, you know, Kolar and, and Chase Allen being gone, Brees gone. Like he's, he's going to be probably our, our main offensive weapon this year. So, um, you know, big, uh, big, not big shoes to fill. Cause he's like filled shoes. He's, he's very good, but it's he just needs like to fill his already big shoes. Yeah. Yeah. He's just got to carry us basically. That, that's what I was trying <laughs> to get at is like, no, no pressure, no pressure. You're just, we have to replace a lot of offensive yards. So like have fun Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I hope you're wrong. I, I again, dude, Jirel, I think he's going to have a hell of a season. I think Hunter I agree. surprise a lot of people. Um, the Madden ratings came out. Should we go through all the players? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Shout out isucyclonsports.com for this blog. Again, head on over to their website, isucyclonsports.com. They will give you anything Iowa State and Cyclone related. Really good news source for us. So shout out them. We are using their website right now. Um, have you already took a look at it, or do you want to guess who the highest rated um, Iowa State football player is? You already looked, I, didn't you? I already looked. I did. I would have guessed okay. this, though, so I, I would just like to say that. I, I feel like it's a pretty easy one. <laughs> I, I only see the top two, so I, I'm going to try and guess from there because I haven't looked at this list in, in about a week. But David Montgomery at an 84 overall, which is good. I think that I, I, don't, I don't know exactly where he's placed as far as the other running backs, but as far as him being the highest rated one, that, that makes a lot of sense. He is so much of that Chicago Bears offense literally with their offensive line, like that is David Montgomery's thing. I almost feel terrible for him that the majority of his college career and NFL career, homeboy just has to break tackles a yard behind the line of scrimmage in order for him to actually be productive. But, um, you know, he's that quintessential running back. He breaks a shitload of tackles. That's what makes him amazing. So he has a, at an 84 overall followed by Alan Lazard at a 77 overall. I think he's going to have a pop-off year being assumingly the wide receiver one for the Packers. Now, I don't know who there is from there. So are you able to follow along? I, Cause I might take some guesses. Yeah. You want to guess? Okay. I think it's Brees next. I thought they had him rated decently high as a rookie. It is Brees. Oh, nice. 62. I think 76, 76. Wow. Not bad. Even though he was behind Kenneth Walker, which I mean, I know the Jets don't really have an amazing supporting cast, I feel like they made moves this offseason for their offensive line. And the Seattle Seahawks offensive line also kind of sucks. So I don't know. That, that's me getting mad at a Madden rating. Um, behind Brees Hall, let me guess. Um, is this one that I should be getting that I'm just not? I don't think so. I, th- I think this is when it gets hard. Is it Dylan Saner just because he's going into his second year? 
No, it's not. Charlie Kolar? Nope. Damn. All right, give it to me. It's Kenny Nwangu. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, he had a hell of a rookie season. He had two kickoff returns for a touchdown. Everyone's really excited about him in Minnesota. So that, that should have been a given. So 69 overall, Mr. 69. Shout out Kenny Nwangu. I'm going to give him a little round of applause. Woo! Good job, Kenny. Mr. 69. He's the second tied for second fastest running back in the game. I did see that. Behind, is it Roheem Moster or tied with Roheem Moster? Mozart, yeah. I, okay, whatever. Mozart? In, in pronunciation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and guess the next person, then I'm going to stop guessing. Okay. Is it Charlie Kolar next? It is Charlie Kolar, yeah. All right. Charlie Kolar at 67 overall. Love that. And then I'm just going to go down the, the list um, on everyone else. So you got Andrew Mevis, kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 65 overall. We have a fun little story about him that we'll get to after this. Um, then you got Willie Harvey, 64 overall. Our boy Willie. You know, I, I plug him a couple of notches above 64, but whatever. You know, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Mike Rose, Kansas City Chiefs, 63 overall. So just a notch behind Willie. Dylan Sainer, 62 overall with the New Orleans Saints. That actually could be very interesting. I, I'm just so curious what the Saints are going to look like this year because I think they're still going to probably use Taysom in some packages, but uh, who knows. And last but not least, Mr. Irrelevant, Rock Purdy, 59 overall. Oh, I, I, I lied. There was more. <laughs> there was more. Uh, well, Brock Purdy, 59 overall. San Francisco 49ers. Landon Akers, 59 overall. So tied with Brock Purdy. Los Angeles Rams. And then Steven Wirtle is 34 overall and they're missing someone right do you know who they're missing who was Rike? oh yeah well i i mean like technically chase allen is on this list either so it probably they probably will wait for guys who might like officially once train you know train camp that kind of stuff i, I thought if you got drafted they would put you on this and, and he got drafted he's the only of the people that were drafted that, that is true because mike rose so is interesting even. Mike Rose is on there, but yeah, he. I'm he saying was, Mike Rose wasn't drafted. No, he wasn't drafted. Yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> good, good a little hesitation there. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me no, um, I don't know. That's just fun. Madden ratings are like one of those things where, you know, you look at big game boomers list and you just get pissed off at home. Um, same thing with Madden ratings. Breeze's speed was super undervalued, I would say. And he was mad about it too. He was really mad about it. Yeah, he is way faster than that. And people will see, mm -hmm. people will see the home run play plays, you know, it's gonna happen. So mm -hmm. well, I think it was Tom Brady's second year in the NFL that completely left him off Madden in entirety. So I mean it's who cares? The reason we're talking about this is because you know we are technically it's it's the month of college football, though. It is a month of college football, but we're not, you know, in the season quite yet. So this is true. All right. Um, just because I already mentioned it, Andrew Mevis, should we get into that headline? Yeah. So Adam Schefter, at least at least once a month, I would say, has just like one of those tweet type headline things where it's, it's just one of those things you just look at. And you're like, what a headline. Like, what a headline. And so this was the headline slash tweet. Uh, more on the Jaguars signing kicker Elliot Fry and cutting rookie kicker Andrew Mevis. 
who missed three field goal attempts during training camp warmups, including one that hit former Cowboys head coach Dave Campo. <laughs> it's just like that was all in one tweet. He did not have to include all of those details, but he, he knew that's what would get him the clicks. And for what it's worth, it was kind of a hilarious tweet. Like that that run-on sentence in entirety is just is so damn funny to me. <laughs> It, it it is a wild uh I feel bad too. <laughs> I mean we cannot talk about it. It's it's the internet. Like if we see an Iowa State player on the internet with a headline like that, we gotta just talk about it. Yeah, I, I mean they're saying it was like during warm-ups and stuff too. Like I, I don't know, it's just that's just rough. Like that's a rough way to go out. And then plus it's like just plastered everywhere, you know, it's just like it's not like a normal cut of there's like, yeah, he's struggling. I was like, no, he literally like assaulted someone with a ball, <laughs> like, <laughs> smoked them in the face. And that's why he's out. Dude, it's something about him and just, you know, nailing Texas. Again, former head coach for the uh, Cowboys. He took down Texas with that big ass kick, you know. Um, however, I mean, Dave Campo apparently coached at Iowa State. I don't know from when to when, but. Yeah, I don't think that Iowa State tie really saved Nevis that time. Apparently, he was struggling before then, too. And I'll say this, you know, when it, when it comes to just kickers and special teams in general, it's really easy to plug the whole, well, all he does is kick all day, so why is he missing them? That's the exact same logic as saying, well, all the wide receiver does all day is catch a football, so why would he ever drop? No, first of all, you're going to have some drops. It's going to happen. But it's also like with kicking – there's so many other factors. There's wind, there's length, there's, I mean, you could be kicking from the left hash or right hash. There's just a lot of other factors that come into play with kicking in general that I don't think people, you know, really give that much grace to, which I think is kind of unfair. Um, I don't know. You, you, you kick, talk to us about yeah. it. I mean, yeah, there's that holding the timing of the snap, all that kind of stuff that comes into it. You know, there's just certain things too. It's just like any other sport. I think it's, I think it's better, more comparable to like golf or something, but like, you know, you can practice the swing, you can practice your kick and all this kind of stuff. But then once you kind of get out there and the elements or, or whatever with it, it can be harder to do, or you can kind of get yippy. It's definitely one where you definitely experience people having the yips with it or, or just, you know, not not totally kicking it properly. I mean, we see so many times like kickers will fall off and then come back for a season. Like I remember watching the Packers one year and Mason Crosby was 60. He had a 60% year on the season. Like literally before that was one of the the best kickers in, in the league. And he was just horrendous for the entire year. And then they basically did a make it break it year with him the following year on his contract. And he's been really good since, but it just, it happens with kickers. Sometimes it changes heater is needed. We've seen where certain kickers have struggled in uh, certain teams. And then, you know, like any kicker that usually goes to the Vikings just struggles and then they learn how to kick. Well, not being <laughs> with the Vikings, um, you know, that kind of stuff that, that goes with it. It's, it's, just, it's super mental. Um, and it's hard and, and kickers just always kind of get shit on too. So it, it is uh, not always the easiest, but hopefully you know, this isn't Mavis' last chance in, you know, the NFL. And, and I don't think it is because of just how – there's so many kickers that get shots throughout the year too. People get hurt or whatever. Like, you're, you know, kickers get just, like, truly passed around in the NFL. So, yeah, no kidding. And, I mean, 
you're exactly right. Hopefully this isn't kind of like the last shake because, uh, dude, that okay. Assault. And Shefford just did not have to do him like that. That was yeah. so... That was just so disrespectful. That was Schefter trying to go get a banger, trying to go a little violent. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I clicked on it, so he got me. It worked. But, um, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough look for Mavis, for Mavis, our boy Mavis. But, hey, he will always have that kick against Texas, and no one can take that away from him. No one can. That was ass alley. Oh, my gosh. Was that ass alley? I thought Mavis also had a pretty big kick against someone else. Maybe this last year. Mavis has had big games. I don't – I'm trying to think of if he had game winners. Well, shit. Never that, mind was ass, that was ass alley. <laughs> You're right. That was definitely ass alley. Oh, well, you'll get another shot. I'm sure of it. All right. We'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah. No, keep it in. Um, <sighs> I do want to talk about Brent Venables, new head coach at Oklahoma, who does not want you to commit to Oklahoma. So we're going to put in the sound bite right now. But I know this, there's a lot of flaws in taking a commitment, making a reservation, and then going to go doing your thing. How can I manage a roster or who else I need to offer if I got nine guys committed, but they're going to Bama and Georgia and LSU and A&M? How can I manage? How can I take commitments? I don't know what my numbers are. I don't want a guy to commit. Do not commit. Like, hey, coach, I'm ready to commit. Hey, buddy, here's what commitment looks like now. Okay, I want to make sure that you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. So when I say, will you marry me? You say yes, and we get married. Okay, and then we start off on the right foot, not like I dated four or five women, and all of a sudden we feel in some kind of way. You know, is somebody going to actually show up on November 30th? Have you listened to it, New? Yes. Just kind of funny. I, I mean, I actually get what he's saying. Like, that has got to be super, super frustrating for, you know, someone to commit to Oklahoma and then, oh, never mind, Texas offered me more money. I'm going to go to Texas. Like, and then you're kind of playing around with how many commitments you can give out to begin with. Like that's already a pretty tough game. I'm sure to play, especially when you're trying to like assume who will be, you know, actually committing, whatever. Like that's just a lot. Ralph, come on, man. But nonetheless, I just love it. I, I love the action. I love the fire that comes from him. And I just love nothing more than seeing all these head coaches who have had, you know, this pedestal to stand on for so long. Just get worked over, worked up over NIL and everything like that. And the transfer portal is just it's funny to me. I don't know. It always feels like SEC coaches are the like whiners too. Like I feel like and he's SEC now. He has SEC now. We are not associating Oklahoma and Texas with us anymore. We will be playing with them for a couple more years, but we, everyone in the conference will be rooting against them. So, um, mm-hmm. no, I, I think it. I mean, it is tough. Like if it's like you know, you want to say, hey, it is tough. We already talked about how hard recruiting is and how fickle kids can be and then plus you know you throw in this money or, or you know it changes your recruiting strategy you might have a kid who is behind this guy and you only have room for you know one wide receiver you get the better one that you're more interested in he says yes you like tell this kid hey you know like we're no longer you know like whatever you lose scholarship not whatever like you have to you have to deal with that and then you later up like find out that the guy who was initially going to go to you is no longer going to come. And then it, it also hurts other kids' chances too, I guess, is what I was trying to say. It makes it a little bit trickier oh, yeah. um, there. But it's also, you know, this is the reality of NIL. This is the reality of recruiting in general too. I mean, there's plenty of kids that have always committed and decommitted and switched for other reasons and stuff. And it's, not, mm-hmm. you know, kids were getting paid before this, before NIL, like just more out in the open now. Um, 
and completely but, legal and completely like legal. It or not yes so um that's just kind of kind of how it is and coaches just have to deal with it and that's part of the job and tough shit i don't know <laughs> yeah dude okay give him give him like 30 more seconds this we will edit this out we will edit no. this out because he's ralph's just got a very strong brett venables take ralph can you just can you just shut up man just come on come on um i did want to say though did you see that mike gundy kind of spoke out against are you ready are you done buddy all right give me one second okay Dead air. Oh, I also looked it up, and Wazarike is 67 overall. So um, that's where okay. that's where that's at. Wazarike 67 overall. Yes. Shout out Uwazarike. A little below Kenny, but that's okay. Okay. So what I was gonna say was um Mike Gundy, he kind of spoke out about how Texas and Oklahoma were still a part of all of the big 12 conferences meetings. And I didn't read into the ins and outs. I honestly, I don't even know if he provided the specific details on this, but he said like, it's very obvious that they lobby for certain things that will help maybe the sec down the road or just straight up Texas and Oklahoma in the short term, because they're not going to be at the big 12 for much longer, obviously. And so it kind of was a topic of conversation. Do you think that, you know, Texas and Oklahoma should be let in on big 12, you know, no. conference meetings i th- i think it's like how, how can you even say otherwise like of course they shouldn't be that's that's actually dumb they, they should have no say in any if you like no voting rights no say in anything like th- it, they should not matter um like yeah no i i 100 agree with that because because like you know like they're only looking out for themselves which is what they're doing by leaving the big 12 and and all this kind of stuff and it makes it makes no sense for them to have any say on the future of the conference or like what kind of TV deals we're adding or teams we're maybe trying to target or, or invite to it or, or whatever. They they're irrelevant to the conference's future. So, yeah, I mean, OK, so I usually don't talk about work, but because I'm in between jobs at this point, um, I used to work for PepsiCo. Right. What if I and this isn't what happened, but what if I took a new job with Coca-Cola? And I'm like, okay, I don't start my job for another couple months or so. So I'll still attend all of like the meetings for PepsiCo. Let's say I'm like high up, you know, I could easily either gain Intel, whatever from moving to a competitor. Again, I, I just, I'm completely switching industry. So this isn't the case for me, but specifically within PepsiCo, if we know that you are going to a competitor, they don't even let you work out your two weeks. I don't believe because they're like, okay. This is one of those things you're moving to the competition as far as like protecting our rights in our company and not giving anything up to the competition. We have to like terminate your status right now a little bit early. So it just kind of makes sense. That's like, yeah, if you're going to still play in the big 12 for another year or two years, whatever that looks like, fine. Okay. But as far as making decisions that will impact the future of the conference, absolutely not get the hell out. Like we're, we're not going to let you, have that so brent um yeah i get where you're coming from but you just have zero sympathy from anyone else in the big 12 in this situation i mean yeah tough shit oklahoma sorry man yeah um a couple more things so iowa state will play villanova in the first round of the pk85 invitational tournament that's just great love that Uh uh-huh 
Anything more on that? <laughs> I cannot even be looking forward to college basketball when college football hasn't even began. That's my comment on it. All right. And PK 85 Invitational Tournament. All right. Villanova. Sounds great. Um, Alan Lazard, future Hall of Famer. Um, not sure if you guys saw, but Devontae Adams obviously traded from the Packers to the Raiders. And I think in an interview last week, he said, uh, you know, it's, it's tough going from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer. He's like, I know people are going to give me crap for that, but that's truly what I believe. So Aaron Rodgers, being petty, yes, he always is, took that as a slight. It's kind of like how Michael Jordan just kind of like makes up enemies. Like that really wasn't even a slight to Aaron Rodgers. It was just more of a compliment to Derek Carr, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a recent interview with Aaron Rodgers, when Trina Camp started, someone said, hey, yeah, how do you feel about, you know, obviously having Devontae Adams as your wide receiver one now likely, you know, turning that over to Alan Lazard. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough going from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Talk about good. being a master at the podium. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Alan Lazar is on track to become a Hall of Famer. So we, we all know that. They sounds <laughs> early stats right now. But <laughs> no, no, Aaron's loved Alan Lazar. We know that for a fact. It's been, um, you know, he's praised him a lot and has been a big fan of Alan. And I'm sure it might be a reason why Green Bay has been a little bit less aggressive of replacing Devontae Adams, you know, shoes to fill could be a reason they feel comfortable with Lazard. They see something that we haven't seen, you know, maybe feeling that or how they want the offense to go and stuff either way. um, You know, we do know that Aaron, Aaron's a big fan of, of Lazard. And so Aaron knows a little bit about football. He's pretty decent there. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, even when Allen was early on in his career with Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers trusted him pretty pretty quickly. And that is yeah. not something you get with Aaron Rodgers. Like, he won't throw to you if he doesn't trust you. And I think the only time he really showed that to Allen was in the, uh, what was it, the NFC Championship, where he um, just totally launched it to Vontae, and Allen had, like, no defender in, like, a 15-yard radius. Yeah. That was really the only time he showed that he didn't trust Lazard. So I think – you know, this offseason is probably big for them to continue to build on that. But again, he doesn't usually trust a lot of wide receivers. And he's shown at an early stage with Allen that he's willing to trust him. Um, and so, again, I just want to throw this out there, dude. Allen Lazard opens up the run game so much more. Like, if you if you kind of watch his blocking film, there are a lot of runs that are just broken for touchdowns that would not have been a touchdown if it weren't for, you know, downfield blocking by Lazard. So he brings a lot more value to the team aside from just – you know, his pass catching ability, but he's also gotten better every single year with his pass catching ability. So I think this, you you know, I think I'm also taking it as a slight to Lazard that, you know, Rogers made that comment. I don't know if I should or shouldn't, but I just am. And I don't know. It's just just a joke between Adams and Adams and Rogers are are great friends. And I think it was just like a poking fun at the way, you know, he I'm going to pull a Jordan thing and I'm, I'm going to make an enemy out of this. So, you know, Lazard, prove your haters wrong, man. Well, yeah, I mean, but Rogers compliment saying he's a hall of famer. So I don't really know where the slides at on this. Uh, that's like true. That's true. Motivation. So he is a hall of famer he, he, on track, at least on track. Yes. Um, the last thing before we close out today, nothing Iowa state related, but Logan Paul made his WWE debut and it was, it was pretty awesome. And I don't really want to admit that, but he was pretty good. It was pretty good. 
I've no con- I've never watched the WWE in my life. Well, I mean, I don't pay for that. No, I, I didn't watch it. I just watched his highlights. I'm like, dang, dude is like doing flips off of you know the rails and like I don't know. It's just pretty impressive. It's something that I couldn't do. Not that I could do really anything that a professional athlete does, but I I, I have to admit I was impressed. And I mean, that dude's stock just keeps skyrocketing. So be on the lookout for Logan Paul, next WWE superstar. Could be it. I have no comment on that at all. <laughs> all right. Solid finish. Anything, that was anything a great else finish. tonight? Really good finish. Um, I, got, I got nothing. You got nothing? Do we have self-criticism today? Hmm. I don't know. We have we had um, a podcast review. Look that up. Look that up. Do we have one? Probably. I don't think we have, but maybe Let's maybe see. we have. Let's see. Go into the. You should put in the the Jeopardy music right now while you're looking this up. Um. We have four ratings now. We went up from a 4.0 out of 5 to a 4.3. That's, oh, that's, that's good. That's huge. Okay. Well, shout out that person that gave us that five-star review because that's how math works. Um, yes. And if, again, if you head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a, per, please, we would love for it to be a five-star review, but technically whatever you'd like. Um, and as long as you put a review down, we will read it. And then we will review your review because that's, I guess, just the way of the world. Yeah. Well, in life, you know, all communication should be a two-way street. So we should have the, the ability to respond to your review. You know, that's only fair. Absolutely. So it is, it is. All right. So leave us a five-star, uh, rating and a good review. And with that, thank you for tuning in. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby.